0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another Parts Unknown podcast. My name is Ben Green and I'm sat here at the table of the apartment of Mr. John Ashdown. John Ashdown, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Ben. Great balls. Thank you very much. Very nice nuts <laughs> as well. <laughs> the nuts we had were
1: lovely. Oof. The, the nuts were probably better than the balls.
0: Honey roasted. I would say,
1: yeah, quite possibly. How would you rate the balls? I thought it was a 6 out of 10 show overall. We've kind of busted out, we've sort of gone too early with this. Well, Six out of ten early nobody needs to listen anymore. We've
0: tickled the balls too soon. Well, here we are. Yes, we've just been watching Great Balls of Fire, the WWE's latest Raw pay-per-view. Started with the old-school drive-in movie kind of thing, which uh, I didn't enjoy at all. You enjoyed even less than me.
1: I thought it was a wor- one of the worst things I've ever seen in, in professional wrestling. I bang on about um, wrestling always treads a bit of a fine line, but what you don't want is for wrestling to make you feel stupid for watching it. And those sorts of intros make you feel a bit stupid for watching it. Because you get these, you know, you get a Cadillac pulling into a drive through, you know, um, cinema and like a kind of
0: Drive in cinema and a drive through restaurant. Yeah, drive
1: through cinema would be like very short films, I yep. suppose. But then like then, you know, saying, Oh, because now it's the beast Braun Strowman. It's like, what those those two things don't work together at all. Also it was never uh, referenced throughout the rest of the program. If you think about it, there was no other reference to the to the name of the, the show, to the fact that it was this had this thirties in theory this thirties theme, which was then never referred to. If you look back at old, um, you know, WCW pay per views and stuff, at least they kept that thread. You know, Halloween Havoc um, would have Halloween themed matches and a lot of havoc, but this was just I uh, just I I don't understand.
0: I wasn't expecting quite so much vitriol from you, John, um, because I I was going to say that my problem is that this was probably the most excited I've been about a WWE pay-per-view, certainly since we started doing this podcast. It was a short card, Brock versus Samoa Joe. It's a fantastic sounding fight, really exciting. Um, I just didn't think that it fitted the, sorry, the, the, the drive-in theme fitted that okay. kind of card. You know, that could have been a UFC-style card, a, a proper bit of fighting. Yeah. And it seemed a bit silly to have, goodness gracious, great balls of fire That's, at the beginning.
1: You've got two, the top two sort of matches on the card were in theory monster versus monster and monster versus monster. You know, you had four big guys, angry, aggressive. You know, there weren't, it wasn't an AJ Styles match or something where you've got, you know, you know you're going to get some some wrestling involved. It was like four hosses. Going. It was a Hoss Fest. It was really a Hoss Fest. And yet you've got it sort of framed by Marty McFly going back to the nineteen fifty five and the fish under the sea dance.
0: We we did get to hear at least though, uh, the German, Japanese, Russian, all of the all of the announced teams say great balls of fire in their particularly funny foreign accents, which, you know, everyone everyone's got to enjoy that. <laughs> so that was achievable. Anyway, we started on an entirely negative track here. Um How's Braun Strowman? Have we got any bra- any I'm updated just, news? I'm that was you know. Let's lower the tone slightly. I'm worried.
1: Here. I'm, I'm really worried about it. And uh, I don't know if, if everybody's seen the show presumably they have and uh, they'll have seen that uh, he was reversed into a conveniently placed uh, truck in the back of an ambulance by uh, Roman Reigns. EMTs arrived and various emergency services to. Cut him out of the
0: ambulance. Hydraulic equipment.
1: Rather than kind of move the ambulance forward and get him out of the back doors, which presumably would be open at that point. Or um, we'll try the
0: keys. And
1: uh, when they got him out, he was basically fine because he could walk around. So it was absolutely <laughs> dandy.
0: We'll come on to uh, Braun versus Roman a bit later and the, uh, the ambulance match. Huge, Let's huge, start.
1: Just to be clear, a hugely offensive angle.
0: It's offended your Guardian sensibilities. Not
1: my Guardian sensibilities, my wrestling sensibilities, because, because stuff actually has happened in wrestling rings over the years in which you have to have the, you know, the serious voices are, are required. And I hate, I do, I do think it's awful when they kind of do that. Mock seriousness, I think, is really in bad
0: taste. Anyway, let's. Um, uh, I, th- I think we've been going for about five minutes now, and I don't think we've it's said anything, anything, anything good at all, uh, apart from. you
1: should f- text the name of this podcast to "Why We Hate Wrestling."
0: That's your gimmick, John. Uh, let's start with Bray Wyatt versus Mr. Seth Rollins, the curtain jerker. They uh, they say you either want to go on last or you want to go on first. Um, I don't think either of these guys wanted to go on first, based on where they were a couple of months ago. Um, there was no hype package. There was no anything for this. If you haven't been watching Raw recently, uh, you don't really know why these two are fighting, except they're sort of upper upper card people. But hmm this was uh this was quite an odd match um i felt that you know the um seth rollins seth rollins he's um he's problematic for me now uh, I, i'm very excited by him being as a worker but he has such a bland character now he's neither he's neither baby nor heel he's he's not but not that he's a tweener. He's just hasn't really got anything about him. Seth freaking Rollins doesn't really mean anything. He also has the wettest hair. Now he's overtaken. <laughs> he's overtaken Roman in that regard. Um, hasn't had a belt for over a year. Sure. He was injured for a long time there, but I can't see him getting a belt and continuing on this trajectory.
1: Well, that's the problem is it? I think between with both of these two really, and the problem with the match was that they're two guys where what is their, what is their trajectory? No one's going up. Neither of them were going down. They're just kind of like flatlining a little bit, which is a real shame for two guys who, who can, who can do more than just flatline. or At least certainly South can. And I have my doubts about Bray these days, to be honest. But you know, it was just one of those thrown together matches that did nothing for either of them. I think really.
0: Now, what was unusual in this match was that uh, Bray cheated to win. Neither which he tends to do at all, i.e., cheating or winning. Um, and he did. He, he he came out with the W in this one, winning with a thumb to the eye and then a Sister Abigail, which was which was quite a surprising ending. I I didn't see that coming. Just because I'm conditioned to expect to expect Bray Wyatt to lose.
1: Yeah, he's known as the doer of jobs for reason for a good reason. Uh, um, yeah, but then but the, the you know you kind of think well. Okay, that that really should be a big win for him, you know, going over reasonably clean over over
0: Seth, the face of the new video game. Let us not forget yeah, the face as, as,
1: of... was as you know they made sure to remind us from commentary. Um, you know they've got a surely that does that mean anything? Does, does that mean that Bray's going to be pushed or anything? Well, he you know he had a title three months ago. And now he's, you know, opened the show in a Mean, mean Links match. So, yeah, it's it was a match that was hard to get excited about when really, with those two, you sh- you know, there, there should have been good reason to get excited.
0: He does have a new pointy leather jacket, which is quite nice. And uh, he also, I, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, he did some very nice camp facials at some points. He did a, ooh, matron kind of face, uh, which was uh, n- right. an addition to his oorah. But um, I, don't, I don't know if that's... Maybe
1: that's like a character development, development that we can, we can see. like We'll get Camp Bray, you,
0: Cambray? Such, Cambray. Yeah. Such you, sir. We'll
1: go a bit sort of Adrian Adonis. Gold <laughs> Mo- dust.
0: <laughs> Moving along, we went to Enzo versus Big Cass. Now, whereas that, that match we just discussed didn't have a height package, this, uh, this had a, a brilliant a one. package, yeah.
1: Probably yeah. the longest one of the night, I would have thought.
0: That's right, because I, I said to you, I'm going to try and watch the first hour so that it 's not too late when we record because it's now it 's now ten past eleven i 've been up since half past five this morning, um, but as it turned out that first hour only enabled me to watch <laughs> two, pretty much two matches um, that 's because Enzo came into the ring after this this lengthy uh, build up which was very entertaining and i 've heard i i haven 't watched raw uh, as we 've just discussed i haven 't watched raw recently but i 've i 've heard. About I listen to all, these, all the wrestling podcasts, so I know what's been going on. But to see it very nicely encapsulated, uh, it was really good. And I, I was very impressed with Cass, with how he was. And that, that Enzo tear, that moved well, it moved you, John. It didn't move me. But it, it takes a lot to move <laughs> you. But, but clearly, um, a man with a ridiculous beard and hairstyle crying, that's, that's what does it.
1: Yeah, well, I quite like it. I quite like a good, a good tag team breakup angle. Don't have any problem with that at all you know going all the way back to strike force and uh, you know Tito and Rick Martel when they, when they
0: uh... that was tragic that really was well
1: that was when uh, Rick Martel just left just left Tito um, i think they were against the brain buster i think so too yeah and he just walked out and that was kind of in its own way very poignant he didn't need any tears he didn't need any kind of you know fake re- reconciliations although they probably did have actually a fake re- reconciliation in fact when he walked out they would probably reconcile and then you, you know think about the rockers. That's what a great uh, breaker panel that was. Yeah. So I don't have any problem with like I think I think a tag team breaker panel is 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 a good thing. And we could have we saw this coming from a fairly long way away. Um, I guess the problem is it with it is that um, it was so obvious which of the two had the kind of future, if you like, in the the upper echelons.
0: I mean, because let's face it, Enzo Enzo is just a talker. And a really annoying one at that. For for us, to, uh, edging towards forty, he's very over with the crowd. You know, he he still did his whole I'm Amoro thing at the beginning of this match, which I had a problem with. I'll come back to that in a sec. But but yeah, he he did he did that whole thing. He danced on the spot, shuffle shuffle. But he's tiny, and he his whole thing in the tag team was getting beaten up. For Big Cass to come in and now up against Big Cass surprise surprise he gets beaten up <laughs> and he's got nothing I, I'm, I can't remember any offense at all that he put in here and the finish of the match is Big Cass picking him up um kind of like gorilla press thing chucks him from chucks him to the outside quite a nasty bump and, and Enzo does take these bumps um and then it gets back in at 9 and 3 quarters and then gets a big boot to the to the head and and that's that and the feud will probably continue but you can't ever see enzo doing something uh, or getting the win over, over Cass, certainly not without a bit of help and there's big show is involved in the storyline as well it didn't turn up in this pay-per-view but yeah there, there's definitely a limit to how far enzo can go in this feud and as a singles competitor, I think he's probably gonna, you know, not a bad shout. This is something you said when we were watching. Put him in the, put him in the cruiserweights. Whereas Cass, um, Cass is gonna go straight to the main event. Um, him against uh, Braun or Brock or Roman, you can see that happening. And he's, he's, he was good at playing the heel in this. I thought he. He was talking throughout the match the whole time. He was uh, taunting the crowd. They were giving him the cass hole thing, which I quite like. That's nice. It's nice when these things happen by accident <laughs> or design. Let me just say one thing about this: uh, their split here. This, I mean, some people have have referenced that this is kind of like Sean and Diesel when they, they split. No, they weren't a tag team, but they, Diesel was his... They were the tag team his champions, m- so... Oh really? Yeah. Well, I had this. I just thought he was his muscle. This is not my. Was, this is not they, my they generation.
1: Had one of those Sean, when Sean was in his element of basically being able to choose what belts he had. They definitely held the tag team for a while, and I don't think they ever lost them. I think they probably just relinquished them at some point. All right, side eight because at some point I think I think I'm right in saying, and I'm sure somebody will correct me when I'm wrong, it was that they had all the belts. So Sean was. Uh, the F champion as was and tag team champion and Diesel was the intercontinental and tag team champion all the other way around um, yeah so they had all all three belts were between the two of them at one point
0: alright side uh, sidebar to that if you think back to Bad Blood the first ever Hell in the Cell Shawn Michaels is the, Europe- the European champion yeah. in that match and he very piss-takingly says I will, I will not be defending my prestigious European title in this match I'm just going to have to go it alone, yeah. Yeah, that's so, a
1: classic. That was the kind of same era where he was just like... It
0: just did what everyone did. Yeah. But I think I think in many ways, whilst you've gone off on this tangent, it does reinforce the point that Enzo is no Sean. Um, but, but Cass could well become... Kevin Nash. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Nash in ring. I mean, he does hold up the hand. Um, He's probably
1: already better than Kevin Nash in ring, I would say. <laughs> Quite and
0: you say team. that about Big Sexy. <laughs>
1: Doesn't have to be quite the same. Kevin Nash has, has a has a strong personality, which I don't think necessarily Cass has yet. But you know, maybe I could see that.
0: Okay. Do you want to take the lead on the the next match, which was your highlight of the evening? It was the Hardys versus Sheamus and Cesaro, an Iron Man tag team match.
1: An Iron Man, which is only thirty minutes, which is really an Iron Man. But um, okay, that's fine. Uh, and the final score was four three, I believe.
0: The- You're quite right. Yeah.
1: Um, there was an early early pinfall. For uh, Cesaro and Seamus. and what it did, I thought, and what I particularly liked about it was that uh, it changed the crowd's preconceptions. You know, we get we're very used to we're conditioned to somebody hits their finisher for the first time, the opponent kicks out. That just happened, and you build and build, and then after three or four finishes, five or six finishes, kick out, kick out, kick out. Eventually, somebody eventually somebody stays down, but we kind of. You can see it coming, and we're very, very conditioned to knowing when the finish is going to be. And it's very rare these days that we actually get a surprise finish. Whereas what this match did, because there were seven pinfalls in half an hour, um, was it made those finishes count again? You, the crowd didn't know when when the when there was going to be a pinfall, when there was going to be a point on either side. And so it made it made the crowd really... By the last 10 minutes, the crowd were really invested because every time somebody went down and somebody was flat on their back, the crowd thought, this could be the crucial pin, same when they went outside. So I, that's that's what I liked about it. I didn't think it was a yeah, classic wrestling match, although the finish was very, very sort of
0: slick. It was very well-timed.
1: Yeah, and perfectly timed. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't think it was, like, out of this world and kind of in-ring, but I thought the, the way that... The style of match managed to get the crowd on side was 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 really good. I really enjoyed it.
0: Were you anticipating from the outset that it was going to be like a 1-0 finish like a Brett and Sean? Well,
1: as I said to you when we, st- when we when we started it, what are the odds? Yeah. Somebody will be in either in a submission hold or be pinning somebody as the clock runs out and that's what happened. Um and you can tell from a, you know, an Man match generally uh, if there's an early pinfall, it's going to be a high-scoring one.
0: I think it was within 10 seconds yeah, that there was the big boot by Sheamus, like yeah. yeah.
1: So you can, okay, there's going to be lots of pins. That's fine, it was kind of established early doors. It wasn't like after 15 minutes the pin started and then, you know, there were just a flurry. Although that could work as well. And it wasn't sort of Brett Sean at WrestleMania, where they'd had the hour-long line match, where there wasn't a pinfall at all, um, which is kind of a slightly weird way of doing it. Um the best one, of, best example of, of that style was uh, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair in around eighty nine. Was it a sixty minute 90. match? It was a sixty minute match. In their great, they had a great trilogy. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was eighty nine. They had a great trilogy, and it was an hour long match, and it had gone fifty six minutes, fifty seven minutes, and at that point, the crowd had hour long matches were far more kind of prevalent and the crowd were obviously expecting the draw, the heroic draw, presumably with Flair. Being pinned by Steamboat as the as the clock ran out, uh, but instead, with three minutes to go, uh, Ricky Steamboat got the pin out of nowhere, and so it was you know completely different to what the the crowd had seen before. Uh, they weren't they, it was one of those ones where they weren't expecting the finish as as we saw. So I don't want to co- I don't necessarily want to compare this match to that match, but um, you know at least it had a had a bit of surprise element.
0: Well, praise indeed! Uh who's the legal man um, ah, for that well, last bit? There, yeah, the, rules, yeah, the hmm, rules, the rules.
1: Cesaro was not a legal man, and he got the the crucial pin. Um, so we ought to kind of flag that up with the uh, with Jack Tunney,
0: I think. Mm. A referee allowing a bit of flexibility, a championship match. No, you have to. Have a legal last man. minute of an uh, uh, inaugural people are line. in and out. You got a who is the who is the commission at the moment? Who's the? Uh, I don't think they have a commish. <laughs> <laughs> They've the got defense. general managers and who's
1: the GM? Then who do we appeal to?
0: It's it's, Kurt. It's it's Kurt. Where where was Kurt? He was backstage. He was in the parking lot. (laughs) Preparing for his big performance. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Or there's Stephanie, who was nowhere during Great Balls at all. Probably just embarrassed by her father, insisting (laughs) that the business (laughs) runs this way. Anyway, John, you seem to have recovered your mojo. So uh, let's take a very quick break, hopefully play an advert, and uh, we'll be back with some breaking news. Welcome back to par- It's so unknown we're talking about Great Balls of Fire. It still sounds ridiculous saying <laughs> out now but I, I don't think we'll yes, have to. Yes. Do you think they're going to do Great Balls next year?
1: I really hope not but they probably will. Bigger, probably.
0: bigger and ballsier. Yeah. They don't like to give up on things straight away. They like to kind of flog them for a couple of years and then go oh, actually it was a bad idea. Fair enough. Anyway John we've got some exciting news. What is it? We have. I mean, if you're
1: enjoying this podcast, I and can't, I can't believe that anybody wouldn't...
0: There are thousands and thousands of people who do enjoy it, including one listener uh, in South Sudan. So if that is you, sir, I'm going to say sir, you may be a madam. There are no, there are no women that listen to this, but Yeah, that's probably true. Anyway, hello, person in South Sudan. Is there
1: somebody in Peru as well?
0: Yeah, we've got um, someone in Peru who I think might be Nalberto Solano, <laughs> because some of that football crossover. Anyway, John... What's the news?
1: If either of you in Peru or South Sudan fancy making a trip to London especially for the London Podcast Festival, then you should do that in September, which is when the London Podcast Festival is on, because uh, there's an offshoot a week before the London Podcast Festival proper kicks off on the weekend of the 16th of September. On the 9th of September, there is a special offshoot, entire day dedicated to that uh, most significant and actually quite influential uh, sub sub genre of podcasts and sports entertainment as well. And sports yeah. entertainment, the, the wrestling podcast, and there's some properly big names apart from obviously me and Ben on the bill. Uh, the new gen podcast, there Tuesday Night Jaw, How to Wrestling, uh, Us, obviously, parts unknown. The Attitude Era podcast, and the Gorilla Position guys will all be there. And you can get tickets
0: from the King's Place website. We'll be putting uh, direct links for our own show on our Twitter feeds. I'm at Green ben Green, John. You are John underscore Ashdown. Okay. What time are we on? We're on the most prestigious the two
1: thirty slot. slot. Yeah, that's
0: right. You 3:30. either want to go on first or you want to go on last, and we are going on right in the middle. We're going head to head with How To Wrestling
1: with a with piss break podcast <laughs> basically we're um demolition against Tenryu and uh, Kitau Kitau night, yeah
0: I haven't heard that, that name for a very long time. Anyway, we'll be doing we'll be doing lots of fun things. We'll be talking about um, our favourite matches from the past. We'll be uh, John in particular will be will be reminiscing about the golden days of WCW. I'll probably be talking about Roman Reigns as chess protector <laughs> the day I met Triple H. Uh, we'll also probably do a bit of football, wrestling, crossover thing like managers, royal rumbles and stuff like that. There'll be there'll be all sorts of fun. It's gonna be a great day. And uh, on the podcast festival podcast proper I'm doing a, a how to be a producer session are you going to be having any special guests for that? no it's just a <laughs> it's a solo show John not going to be any invites for any loyal friends and do you want to be a podcast <laughs> producer <laughs> you, just <want> <laughs> <the> <laughs> <cut>. <laughs> you just want to be the you just want to be the psychic anyway I want my cut of the gate no that's uh, I'll, I'll be doing that I did that last year and uh, it went down very well and I've done quite a few of these and we had, I had a very nice crowd so uh, that's during the festival proper I'll I'll put a a link to that on my Twitter as well. That's how to be a podcast producer, and uh, you, you'll be able to buy my book. I've got a book out, John. Did you know that?
1: I should have brought one myself. Well, it's
0: hardback book. this now Is as it? well. Yeah, wow. yeah.
1: It's not one, not just one of those books that you print out from the internet. No, not anymore.
0: No. Anyway. Uh, that was a very long plug so um, what was it again John <laughs> it's the London Podcast <laughs> Festival's day of, day of wrestling special
1: day of wrestling yeah material anyway
0: back to Great Balls of Fire and the uh, only match which didn't feature competitors with balls is <laughs> 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 the women's match it was Sasha versus um, Alexa Bliss and um, I've got two notes here Alexa did uh, an elbow pop thing um which popped the crowd yeah it was good i thought that she was really hurt uh you were a lot wiser to the fact uh she basically sort of hyperextended her elbow or made her elbow bend the wrong way it Looked pretty horrible and and also you know i say this as recently recovering from a torn tendon in my in my finger i'm no longer and wearing the screen.
1: his hand his left hand is deeply disfigured
0: yeah, I've got a very droopy in, uh, index finger, uh, but yeah. So she, she did that, but she was uh, she was playing possum, and she she then whacked Sasha, and um, yeah. Then, then there were subsequently a couple of nice countout moves,
1: finish, which I you know regular listeners will know. I'm a big, weirdly, I'm a big fan of the count out finish.
0: We saw that last time out, uh, of course, with the Usos versus New Day, and I, and I enjoyed that. That was nice Healy tactics, and and yeah. you know, same thing again.
1: I think it's great. I think it's a really I mean, obviously, like the live crowd, it's always a little bit of a flat one for them. But I quite like it in a, as a way of getting over somebody's heel and protecting both uh, both wrestlers. You know, you kind of have nobody comes out of it looking looking bad. You know, the Alexa Bliss comes out of it looking more of a cowardly heel, which is great.
0: There's a lot of... Um... There's a lot of physicality to follow this up. We'll come onto that in, uh, in a minute. There were there were some really cool moves, or two particularly cool moves here from Alexa, who um, I haven't seen too much of. Um, I like the way she holds the belt for sure. She is on paper the most successful uh, of the current crop of women's fighters uh, because she's she's held the Raw and the SmackDown titles. titles. Yeah. Prestigious, very prestigious. Um, so she did. Uh, she did the the flippy thing, the the rolling flip with the knees, and then reversed it, and it was it was spot on. I mean, it was absolutely perfect land. Which I suppose it would be if you just basically do it in reverse, you land in exactly the same place as where you did it forwards. Something that that looked a lot more impactful was that uh, spot they did in the corner where um, they sort of it what? kind of it was set up for what could have been you know a superplex or something like that, and it was like a it was like a three hundred and sixty powerbomb thing splash. It's probably called the Alexa Bomb or the Bliss blossom. Bliss bloss <laughs> <laughs> something, something like that. But it was really, really cool. It looked particularly good in slow mo when they did it on the replay. So uh well done Alexa. I was I was impressed and Sasha Banks of course is uh it's always quite entertaining in the ring. Um but this this match like we just said really really picked up after the after the count out finish because they uh they chased each other to the back or to the to the ramp, got onto the announcers table, and then there was some uh, there were some big spots there.
1: A little bit like the, the following match actually, which we'll talk about. You had that, that slightly odd kind of dynamic of the in theory the face beating down the uh, the heel post match, which uh, you know, doesn't make a great deal of sense. Although the you know the the action was was fine.
0: Could you deal with uh, these two going up again uh, against each other at SummerSlam? There'll be something else yeah, in between. Quite, I
1: quite like the kind of the, you know, there's the. It does feel like there's a there's a decent build between the you know Sasha's. It's it's classic stuff, really. In a way, you know, the heel has the belt and the, the face chases. That's that's you know, yeah. good old fashioned style wrestling. It's wrestling, r- you know?
0: wrestling one hundred and one. So you know, you kind of
1: um, what you what you need to build to is like some is a is a proper blow off match where, um, you know the the final
0: kind of reckoning is made well speaking of the final reckoning uh it was match 3 in roman versus strowman uh, the big dog made to look like the big puppy as this one started uh, this was an ambulance match which is a really stupid stipulation i mean it, it's it's like it's a casket match or a buried alive match with wheels
1: we called the finish as well didn't we i mean we oh absolutely yeah it was yeah. fairly obvious I mean, it wasn't fairly obvious. It was
0: completely
1: obvious what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, and th- that that finish, being in case you've forgotten it, listeners, because the match was I thought quite underwhelming. It was, uh, it was, it was Roman doing a spear and missing and going bedoink into the into the ambulance and Braun closing the doors. Um, so this was probably the most underwhelming of their trilogy of matches they fought before and after Mania. Uh, it was it was one all so this was the rubber if you will although I'm sure this is going to continue based on the, the finish here but I don't like Roman Reigns in red that's one thing to be said as you all know um, I don't like him in his chest protector either but he was but th- again this was this was really weird that, that Roman was completely heelish in this match he was really nasty he was very heelish with that those chair shots yeah, to his he injured elbow chair. Yeah, he know. was the one
1: who took off the elbow protector
0: yeah braun comes back you know from his six month out in six weeks you know he's the he's the returning hero um and gets you know so he's he's all very brave and uh you know putting his body on the line and yeah he he was he was completely the baby and none more so than at the end after the match is officially over roman comes out of the uh comes out of the ambulance put Brawn into By the end
1: the, he climbs through into the cabin basically chucks out the drive the ambulance driver who has been sat there in the ambulance patiently just doing the his match, job yeah. yeah and decides to drive the ambulance containing braun Strowman in the yeah because obviously he has to put braun in the back of the back of the ambulance for them to drive off with him and then decides to reverse into a truck or something i mean it was, it was classic Um, nonsense, basically.
0: It was classic pre-recorded backstage bollocks with complete with facials from uh, very bad actors.
1: Kurt (laughs) Angle's facials were probably the best thing about it in that they were so hilariously bad.
0: Yeah. I I have to say, I am looking forward to watching his 24 documentary (laughs) because these are, without doubt, the best things on the network. Mm. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of a wrestling documentary, probably more so than the actual action itself. Um, But but, but yeah, um, he's he is not a good actor at all and poor old kirk can't lift his arms (laughs) (laughs) he he can lift his arms about as much as i can lift my index finger now (laughs) um anyway we digress um yeah it was this bit was all done in pretty bad taste as we said earlier on but it was it was wrestling
1: i don't know i I have a little bit of a hard time with that sort of stuff just because i think it's You used to be able to push that line a bit more, and I think these days I don't think you. You know, there are circumstances where announcers have had to be serious and like Mm -hmm. put on their serious voice and make serious announcements, and they were basically pretending to be serious and worried in that same way, and it just that sort of thing just sits slightly badly with me. I mean, I'm probably being slightly oversensitive, but you know, it's been a long time since anybody's been, uh, uh, you know, since any of the more serious incidents you can probably think of. Have, have, have happened, but um, yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't. I didn't like it to be honest.
0: Have you ever known? Have you ever known a bigger burial than Heath Slater versus Kurt Hawkins? I, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I genuinely forgot it had happened until you just mentioned it. It's now, yeah, because it what, started this, headlock, this headlock. kind of so. This was a very, very deliberate attempt to make the the backstage brawny, you know, ambulance crash stuff feel more legitimate. I mean, obviously it made it, you know, anybody who's, you know, got any kind of knowledge about what wrestling's about knew exactly what they were doing. But a match was also going on while this was going backstage and the, the two wrestlers in the ring kept sort of half looking back towards the the back room and they didn't even show the finish. You just heard the bell ring
0: while the camera I, was It was bizarre. I've never ever seen anything like that before. It's no, great. they didn't they didn't come back to the ring. They didn't do split screen, didn't do anything. They didn't acknowledge it on the commentary. No. Um, anything but it was just uh, yeah poor old poor old Heath Slater yeah. he's got yeah. kids um, as do I I don't it's not a boast
1: <laughs> mine was
0: um, yeah we were talking about things in bad taste um, I really think that they missed a trick in this pay-per-view instead of sort of the the, the main gimmick match they had was, was that ambulance match when really they should have had a great balls of fire match which could have been an Inferno match and much like if you if you recall probably the first, certainly, well, certainly the first, I don't know if it's been the only, uh, Kane versus The Undertaker Inferno match where the winner had to, or the loser was the one who was set on fire. Great stipulation. Um, and poor old Kane and his massive hand got <laughs> set on fire. Wouldn't it have been great if someone had set the other person's balls poor on fire. fire. Yeah, Vince would have absolutely fucking loved that. So that was a trick that they missed with this pay-per-view. Roman with his plums on fire. <laughs> Braun. The chest protector would be the last thing he was be worrying about at that stage. Yeah. We've missed out. We've missed out a match. The Miz versus Dean Ambrose again. Sum it up for me in a sound. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Miz and the Mistrons. Yeah, the Miz is still champion. Um, I should say also at this point before we get to the main event, John, I, I got to witness your hiccups. Um, in I this. know that
1: and anybody who's witnessed them will never forget them.
0: Oh, the ashdown hiccup, ladies and gentlemen, is or gentlemen is the uh, is is truly
1: it's the loudest sound I think I ever. It's missed.
0: the tenth wonder of the world after <laughs> Andre and China.
1: It's <laughs> gimmick, actually. You know, be terrifying. He's mid- gonna mid- hiccup. Midnight. Start him the hiccups. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I've got quite a loud hiccup myself, but this this was like a banshee. <laughs> <Come> on, this. <laughs> anyway, you'll be pleased to know that uh, I gave John a big fright, and uh, he's all right now.
1: Well, I got a big fright when uh, the, the main event came up. Why was that? Because Brock Lesnar and
0: Samoa Joe are frightening individuals. They are very frightening. Now, so th- this was the reason I was jazzed for this pay-per-view. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Brock what what a spectacle this should have been and this kind of was um but yeah i mean this is this is not the sort of fight you'd you'd expect WWE to put on quite frankly when they've got john cena and randy orton and for a title for the universal title the the lesser of the two titles brock back for the first time since april um having done up to that about you know, six minutes of wrestling in nine months. And here he was. Here he was against Samoa Joe, who has come on so much. You know, he, he'd he spent a year, possibly more in NXT, having done his 18 years away and, you know, looking... those horrible shorts looking fat, but being an incredible, incredible wrestler. And here he is in the WWE in a championship match. I thought that was, you know, it was, it's quite a statement in itself. And he was by far the stronger of the two guys here. He he really he really put on an excellent showing yeah. and and was allowed to.
1: Did they make him look strong, yeah. The, you know, he put um put Braun no he didn't put Braun, he took put uh Brock Brock through the Spanish announce table right from the off. The only thing I would I would say is that he um as the match went on He was kind of only looking for the one move, which is kind of makes him a little bit one. Yeah, I I didn't like that move over more than it puts him over.
0: Well, also because uh, Brock is pretty much one move as well, apart from his finisher, he is Suplex City. So it kind of, after all the the strikes and the knees to the face and the cool kicks uh, from from Samoa Joe, it pretty much turned into Kikina Clutch versus Suplex. And then uh lo and behold, you know, they they repeated the spot of the choke on and, and Brock fading, 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 and then kicking out and doing doing some sort of power move. And then he gets him in the F5 and boom, that's it. Now two two schools of thought on this. One, well that was quite a quick way to end the match um and feel a bit cheated. But two, and, and I subscribe to this, I thought, well, it's nice to see a finisher being a finisher. Again, and that sort of made me think more of a UFC kind of fight and you know a knockout punch or something or just you know you don't do you don't do the same thing over and over again and I can't remember um, a match with Brock Lesnar where he's only had one F5 to do yeah. and that's it
1: yeah I mean you know I me, mean, I'm a big fan of finishers being finishers problem is if everybody kicks out of them and then one time you just let one of them beat somebody it just makes that person look weak and i think it just made Joe look a little bit uh weak, and as everybody knows if the, if you watch m mm. m a the longer you're in some sort of chokehold, the stronger you get, which is why uh uh Brock was able to power up for that for that f five so those little things were kind of slightly irritating, but the match was the match was fine i didn't think it was a it wasn't certainly it wasn't a classic, and i'm sure the, the you know there's the there's um the potential for better things ahead for the, both of them i think
0: do you think they will go up? against each other again I mean we. although Joe was sort of flat on his back and he you know he took the F5 and Brock brought, brought left the ring the, the, the final shots were of a snarling Joe yeah, looking yeah it doesn't feel like it so. was up it was, for revenge
1: it was only 6 minutes long 6.25 so off the top of your head yeah as I remember mm-hmm. I, was, I was counting in my head um which is probably the sum of the three matches that he had with Goldberg I suppose over the last year
0: um which is not a bad way to earn a living, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, good work if you can get it. Yeah, um, but he still has that. Spe- there is something a little bit special still about Brock, and he's very yeah, purple. You know, no, he's just you know, there's a there's a, there's a presence there that you don't that you don't get with everybody, and you don't get with with many people at all.
0: He got a huge cheer at the end, and when he came in,
1: he did. Yeah, he gets he gets a reaction that that not many people get. So, you know, he'll be you know he'll be cashing those checks for a little while. Yeah.
0: What are your dream matches coming out of this? Say for for SummerSlam.
1: My dream match would be Heath Slater Braun Strowman Braun slayman <laughs> <laughs> Heath Slater Braun Strowman because uh, he will clearly be really annoyed about Braun's injury. Oh, actually, no, maybe yeah, maybe Roman Reigns. Yeah, because be he stole him. his so his Heath spotlight. Slater's limelight. His second on the card, you know, second on the top, has been stolen by Roman's ambulance antics. Uh, I think Cesaro and Sheamus versus uh, Sasha Banks, yeah. Seth versus Enzo. I think would be a great matchup. And uh, Big Cass versus Akira Tozawa.
0: You know what? I'd really like to see. I'd like to see Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. I just think that would be a really cool flippy match. Yeah, yeah, you're not hard so. to get excited
1: about it, though, isn't it?
0: You like a hoss more than a flipper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, I like matches with stories with characters that i care about
0: and on that bombshell ladies and gentlemen i'm going to read john a story so that he can go to sleep and we're going to call it a night thank you very much for listening to this episode of parts unknown you'll find us um on twitter i'm at green ben green john you're at john underscore ashdown i just stole your line correct yeah, okay. That's the way we do it. Uh, remember, we are live at the London Podcast Festival, uh, the day of wrestling instead of the day of rest, on Saturday, the 9th of September. What else is going on this summer?
1: England-South Africa Test Series. That'll be fun. Cricket. Cricket. Wimbledon. There's the Open Golf next weekend, I think, it, I think there is. Um, yeah, it's a, big, it's a big summer of sports.
0: Aside from the cricket, John, give me a recommendation of a match to watch on uh, either the, the WWE Network or YouTube.
1: Oh well I tell you what's I tell you what's a good match, if you've never seen it, uh in fact watch the whole pay per view, or at least watch all the kind of snippets. Uh Flair Vader from seven from seventy three, nineteen ninety three. Starcade ninety three Flair Vader is uh, is a really it's one of the best I mean, Starcade you think of as being WCW's WrestleMania. It's not really certainly after sort of sort of eighty nine onwards, it's 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 not. Um but that's kind of that. The match, the Flair Vader match, is probably the best main event of the last ten years of Starcade.
0: Can Ric Flair get the figure four onto Can the he, Fat Man?
1: Just have to find out. Ben,
0: not going to spoil Can it. Can he really. kick out of the Vader bomb? Can he? That's, the, that's And the, the moonsault? salt. Yeah. Does Vader keep his mask on?
1: Good question. I don't think he does actually. Oh, mask might come off. And yeah, you see, get to see Charlotte as well, a young Charlotte. I don't mean that in a weird way. I (laughs) I think you do. I really don't. (laughs) She's just there. There's some lovely vignettes uh, back at the Flair household. It's all about his family and his. it's a great comeback to face the monster. It's lovely. It's a, it's a really lovely, lovely story <laughs> and, a, and a good match, a really good match.
0: Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip my hat towards, uh, and this is uh, thank you very much to the Attitude Era podcast guys, um, for the Great American Bash 2007, which features the first ever Punjabi prison match uh, between Big Show and The Undertaker. It's really not very good, but uh, the rest of the card is also pretty poor. Uh, Batista versus Mr. Kennedy as the uh, as the main event. Um, there's a lot of blood throughout the pay per view. A lot of blood from Mr. Kennedy, who he was
1: had, his, had a rocket strapped to his back at one point,
0: and then he got done. For he got done for drugs. Drugs, yeah. well, for performance enhancing drugs rather than any other drugs I mean,
1: recreation, recreation and
0: then I believe he changed his name to Mr Anderson because he, he was yeah, he was in TNA for a while yeah, yeah he was Kennedy because that's of course uh, Vince VK McMahon yeah any was other he, VK he, characters that you know VK Wall Street yeah also known as Owen uh, Arshayster also known as Mike Rotundo also known as <laughs> <laughs> go on it's Bray Wyatt's dad we always talk about him. <laughs> he, he was Big Daddy V. Yeah, Big Daddy V,
1: not Big, Big Daddy VK. He's
0: dead. Yes, he is. But I don't think he was Big Daddy Vincent. No, Big Daddy V. Oh, he looked absolutely disgusting. Just while, we, while we're still on air, John, do do a Google images for Big Daddy V, dearly departed. He was apparently a very nice man, by the way. Um, that's what they say, but oh, his his outfit is Big Daddy V. Is really grim.
1: (laughs) He looks a little bit. He he looks a bit like a the butcher at this stage. Yeah, that's right. Um, could you remember he was he was um, Mabel in uh, Men on a Mission? Yeah, uh, in which he was covered in a giant purple sort of tent. (laughs) Um,
0: He was King Mabel.
1: He was King Mabel for a time. He main evented. It uh, was
0: the I worst think, did ever. He, did he make a he did, slam. I think Diesel. he was he was up against Diesel. It was the worst ever main event. Yeah. Anyway, he's dead. Uh, big u- a big unit. It's just uh, sad. I, I kind of
1: subscribe to the um, with my own mortality. I subscribe to the Louis CK idea of you know I've given up on trying to like look look good, but I just want to be in a position where when I die, people have to ask. How-
0: Planning for your next trip.
1: did it happen rather than being told <laughs> oh so-and-so died and then just going yeah obviously yeah it figures i need to i want to, at least there to be some doubt about the method of my dismissal
0: ladies and gentlemen this has been parts on thank you very <laughs> much for listening